Welcome to Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer makes everything better. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. And starting with the beer, because we have, is it nine? Is that nine beers there? Yeah. We're going to have to start with this beer. So this nine. is a beer I've been super excited about drinking, that we picked this book. It's very tiny. Pretty much just so we could drink this beer. Be cautious with that. This is Brewdog's Hop Shot, which is their quadruple IPA. It is 20% alcohol. Oh, mm. Lord. It, they make a, like a 7% alcohol beer, and then they freeze the water out of it to get it to concentrate to 20% alcohol. By that is an interesting smell. I, it comes in a tiny bottle. It's a 110 or 100 milliliter bottle. Tiny little bottle. I mean, they're not ex- it's super expensive, but they don't sell it here in the States. So when I was in London in January, oh. I bought seven or eight of these, and I put as many as I could into my luggage, and I made my wife take the rest home in hers. It's, mm. That's bitter. That is bitter. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Wow. It also, you could tell it's been... It stings frozen. a little. <laughs> it is syrupy looking. <laughs> oh, man. You all right, Nate? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm a fan. I mean, I bought seven bottles of it, but... Oh, Lord. Oh. This is... This is strong. <laughs> I mean, it's somewhere mm-hmm. in between a spirit and a beer. It's definitely an extreme experience. Yeah. This is an extreme experience. Much like this book. There you go. Mm, it's not nearly as bitter and sad as the book, though. No. But I picked it because... Um, Hopshot, the main character, the kid, is like a really good at shooting things. They're all everyone right. shoots a lot of stuff. A lot of shooting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're hot. There's sh- they're shooting going on. And, uh, and maybe a dog at some point in the book too. I don't know. Probably it's there's a dog. Yeah. So uh, what does that have to do with Hopshot though? It's Brew Dog. Is the oh, Brew Dog. Okay, yeah. There's uh, a dog. Yeah. Yep. So twenty percent alcohol. India quadruple India Pale Ale. This is this is one of the uh, more potent ones. Oh well. In both flavor and alcohol. I believe it's our. We had a twenty percent alcohol mead. Um, this okay. is the strongest beer, though. Yeah. But it, it's, in terms of just IPAs, this is one of the stronger ones. Oh, it's hoppy here. It's intense. Yeah. So, Blood Meridian. Jimmy, you've actually, you're like the biggest fan of it here. That's true. This is one of my favorite books. So, I don't know why. I honestly don't. When I was rereading it this time, I was like, halfway through, I was like, why did I like this book so much? It's a fucking brutal thing. But by the end, I was like, God damn, this book is incredible. So, what is it about? <clears throat> it's about a dude. The, the kid. It's called The Kid. Because he's a kid for most of the book. He's like 19 or so for a lot of it. I thought he was even younger than that. He, it starts off, he's like 13. And then there's like a gap. And he like, you know, is just out living on his own. Being, you know, scrappy out in the West. It's like the 1840s. Mm-hmm. And then the book really starts, like the main plot, I think in like 1849 or something like that. And the kid joins up with, through a series of misadventures and other stuff, he joins up with, uh, he's, he's in Mexico. So he starts out, he's on the border between uh, Texas and Mexico because the Mexican-American War has just ended. Yeah. And so this is the sort of, the set, it's like a completely lawless place. He's jo- he joins up with a bunch of guys who are pissed that the war has ended and decided we're going to go keep killing Mexicans even though the war is over. Mm-hmm. And they all die, except yep. the kid. And then he ends up with a bunch of scalpers whose job is they're hired by Mexican towns to wipe out all the Indians and they get paid per scalp. And that's where the really... the main plot kind of takes course of horrific violence and rape and murder for the next 90,000 pages. And that was, in fact, based on real events. Even though I'm sure Cormac McCarthy invented a lot of stuff for the book, the, these main characters, or at least Glanton, well, the Captain, Captain Glanton? And judges also. Captain, Captain Glanton and his band of um, people, like Indian killers, that, who were paid by the scalp. That was real. That, all, that this was the thing that really happened. happened. Yeah. And Well, the, the, he also bases it off of a sort of memoir that a guy wrote after the fact about his years hanging out with Glanton. Oh, Glanton was a real guy? Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. 
and this other guy's, but this guy's memoir, uh, I forget his name, he's actually not in the book, but you know, his story has been adapted. It's the only source for this particular story, and historians, especially once Blood Meridian came out, people tried to figure out like who were these people, and you know, it's, it's, it's time before it's Robert a, Keaton was it's very It's a truly reliable. horrific thing, but I have to imagine it's probably pretty accurate, because people were, you do whatever you want. Life was cheap. It was just go out and exterminate everyone, cut off the tops of their heads, get paid. Well, the first, the first thing in the book is a, um, an epigraph about uh, scalping. Like some sort of skull has been found that from 8,000 years ago, you know, thousands of years old skull shows evidence of scalping. As if this is it's an a thing ancient people have been doing thing forever. people do, which is interesting. Like when we were, when we were young here, you know, we hear about scalping. We were told, I think at least I was, that something that the Indians did. But it was really, both people were doing it. And we probably, maybe we invented it and then they started doing it because we were doing it to them. I don't know if that's I mean, I don't know if that part is true, but, the but like, I, we, they didn't really talk about how the white folks and the exterminators scalped the Indians. I never learned about that. There was definitely scalping done on both I guess sides. it was just a, it was an enormous, uh, it was more convenient to show how many people you'd killed. It's, just, it's, like, it's a matter of like really gro- gross tallying. Well, people didn't have very good educations back then. Yeah. So counting was Carry tough. a bunch of heads. Well, but the heads are too much work. You just turn someone's head into a yarmulke and you just take that with you. <laughs> <laughs> After reading this, I was looking at, you know, doing exhaustive research on Wikipedia about what scalping <laughs> <laughs> and there's like fucking people who were scalped and lived and shit. Yeah, I mean, if, if you just get scalped, you could. It's not really a mortal wound. It's just that your fucking brain is hanging out of your head. You know, they don't cut through the skull; they just cut the top layer off. I mean, they're not delicately doing it's it just with a, a scalpel. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, if you're just cutting with a knife, it's hard to get through a skull. Yeah, but to live through that, holy shit! Well, normally they did it after you were dead, but if you lived, then yeah, you could live. Well, there's some fucking at least a couple of people who were scalped and lived, who were scalped alive and lived. And one uh, guy went on like you know a Wild West show at Wild Bill Hickok. Look at my look at my head. I lived. You know that that was his his talent. And <laughs> describing it, he said it really didn't hurt that bad. Probably because he had been like shot, but a, a couple times like he was already fucked up. <laughs> it's the sound of it Ugh. was like th- the loudest thunder you've ever heard, which is a horrifying <laughs> oral image. <laughs> that the is the sound of your that's your a weird that's a scraped. weird thing. So I was reading that and I was like, oh, this is disturbing shit. Oh, it's my stop for like work. I have, to go book. Oh, I have to go to work now. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that. It was the really whole book dark is just and vile. brutal, horrific violence. Yep. Well, let's open this beer. <laughs> let's brighten the mood. Since we're talking about it. This is this is one I brought this week. I brought the well, hop shot too, but this is this is it. I'm pretty sure after this shot my load here. This is a <laughs> Kings County Brewers Collective Hatchet Job. <laughs> if you can't figure out why we chose that, then fuck you. Then you should be scalped. It is a oh fuck. Double dry hopped. Double India Pale Ale. Much like Mike, it goes in dry. It's <laughs> <laughs> the kind of job I'm, I'm here for. <laughs> I'm sure the best three minutes you ever saw. I'm going to have to do it twice to get there. You know what I mean? That includes the two minutes of crying. Well, that's, that's, that's like the real source of lube. <laughs> tears. That counts. And it's mostly tears of laughter, which is like, that's, that's what you're going to use? I'm like, yeah, that's hey, both inches are great. Prepare for the monster. <laughs> so this is a double dry hopped, double IPA, made in uh, Brooklyn, right? Kings, the county of Kings. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Super. It tastes like a bunch of flowers. It's a very floral smell, but also like something kind of citrusy here. Yeah. This tastes mm-hmm. like a summer day. But when you taste it, there's like, I don't know how to describe that, like almost a like a different kind of bitterness. It doesn't taste bitter really to me. There's another flavor. I want to say onion, but I know it's not right. I know what you mean though. There's like something yeah. there. Earthy, that kind of after, it's the dryness. that Whatever that flavor that constitutes dry flavors, mm-hmm. it's that. Well, dry is just like not sweet usually. Is that what that means? In terms of wine, at least. Yeah. I thought it just means like it made your mouth dry afterwards. Well, doesn't all alcohol do that to you at a certain point? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Depends. And you, you, you've, you have drunk more than uh, probably anyone I know. You should know. I don't drink wine. But any alcohol. 
rubbing alcohol. I never drank rubbing alcohol. I don't think. We gotta find the right book for it. <laughs> <laughs> gotta find like a medical book. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Reading Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> the no, no, we're, we're reading the novelization of the show. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Meredith. <laughs> he exclaimed. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of this, Nate? It's good. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, uh. So after the the hot after shot, hot shot, which is just so strong, this is a nice. This tastes like this is so like nice a child compared drink. to that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sippy cup beer. <laughs> no, it's it's apple juice compared to that. It's pretty good though. I like this. It's delicious. Again, I don't know why they call it. I mean, everyone's in a while. Like, why did they call it this? Because they cut they cut off the hops with a hatchet. <laughs> I don't think that's true. You don't know it's not true. It is made with. I mean, this is ridiculous. It is a. They tell you the ingredients. It's a New York two row golden promise and golden promise malt. So those two different malts they use and flaked oats, and the hops they use are Mosaic Idaho Seven. The new class. And New York X-14 organic hops, which sounds like they're from the fucking future. Yeah. <laughs> These are hops from the future of beer. <laughs> Organics X, NY, for, the fuck, NY X-14s. That sounds like one of those pla- uh, planes the government would invest in that can't fly in the rain. <laughs> All right. So they go around. Like, would you say Raptor? Uh, would they blame it on the rain? M35 Joint Strike Fighter that can't fly in the rain. What if they just fly above the clouds? But you got to land at some point. What if you don't have to land? But you do <laughs> at some point. What if you just become sky people? <laughs> <laughs> well, when the internet invents sky people, I mean, when the government invents sky the people. The internet is working on it as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> sky people. <laughs> oh, so, Hatch and Chop, they go and they collect scalps. And it's, uh, I don't, do they, is there like a dollar amount? I don't think they explain what it is per I, scalp. I, I don't know. But it's so, not a lot of money. So, it's not, original, I mean, for back then it is. The original maybe. idea behind being paid per scalp was you're going to kill the Indian warriors who were harassing people or, you know, doing whatever. But they ran out of warriors, so they just started scalping everybody. Clanton and his gang, they, they just started scalping everyone, just wiping out, like, Old wiping women, out children. everyone. Not even Native Americans at that point. Just like, just like, like I think about hair. about halfway through the book, they just decide fuck it, and they start wiping out small Mexican towns because the scalps look the same, mm-hmm. and they turn those scalps in to the people paying them, and they get paid, and then they end up destroying all the towns they're partying in with all the money, and so they get chased out of town, and they get putting bounties on their own heads. So really, after a while, they just start killing everyone for no reason. Yeah, it's nihilistic. It just kind of descends into just complete murder porn it definitely felt gratuitous yeah yeah it was and what wasn't helped by it or what was helped by it perhaps was mccarthy's style of writing where it's like these declarative sentences it's more it's 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 a really weird unique writing style yeah, we should talk about, I mean, we talked about it a long time ago on the road how he's a douche and doesn't believe in punctuation <laughs> he's fucking better than that somehow he's just a weird dude yeah well he doesn't use punctuation except for periods maybe commas he uses commas but, but that's not really no maybe quotation appropriately. marks. Yeah, no quotation marks, no exclamation. I mean, I guess a question mark here and there, no exclamation points. But you, when you're reading things, you have to. It's sometimes really difficult it's, to figure it's out. It's kind talking. of the way I could describe it. It's kind of like an impressionist painting of a book, hmm. where it's like if you that's take really a step accurate. back and like kind of like see the big picture, it's like okay, I understand what's going on. But if you like read any one or two sentences, like what the fuck is going on? What? Who is talking? Who is dead? Who is being murdered? It's it's hard to tell sometimes. I had to reread sections, and I love this book. Where it's like I don't understand what's going on. I definitely a lot remember of some sections. Where it's like, wait, he has just kept saying he for five paragraphs, and like, and there's nine. He's dead, there. but he's alive. Who the fuck are we talking about here? And it was you have to like go back and plot your way through it. It's you have to you have to start at the beginning of every conversation and determine who talks first, who talks second. Yeah, there's never more than three people talking. 
Sometimes there are more than two people around, but the conversations are always between two people, so they can he can just ba 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 ba, and you have to kind of figure out who said what. But sometimes you lose track because yeah. the conversation go on for a while. It is fucking. It's weird. It's weird. He's the he's the George Sherrod of uh, I don't know anything George Sherrod wrote. He's the pointillistic painter guy. Oh yeah, right. That makes more sense. I don't know what he wrote either. Was George Sherrod the one who was really a woman? It's George Sand. Right. Okay. Damn it! Too many references. Art shit. <laughs> so they then go and they start. There's really the plot of this is pretty thin. It's just mindless violence one after another and despair and everybody dies and then people come back and new people join and it's just these people running around the deserts of Mexico sad and hungry and starving all the time and always out of water and then they kill a bunch of people and take their stuff and turn those blood scalps in and then more people die and then some people join and they party and then some everyone's got prostitutes and it's just kind of just an onslaught of what the fuck is happening. I think for like 95% of the book, the plot is just watching the gradual disintegration of the group. You know, yeah. Once that gets going, it's just watch this group as it just destroys itself. Right? Between them fighting with other people Between and people dying along the way. The, there's a lot of weird characters. I think that's what kind of holds like it together. Toadstool? Toadvine. Toad the guy with no ears and the brand tattoos on his face. In between his eyes. Yeah. And the judge, the weirdest character in anything. He's no, an we awesome character. definitely we to have to talk about the judge. The judge is I, hard to describe fully. I mean, I have a bunch of things to say about the judge, but we should probably open another beer. We've got to get through 900 we other beers. a lot more um, beers. That one. This one? Yep. Actually, well, no, 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 no. Let's do Hellish Lager. Oh, that's true. Know, there's a, a connection I'm about to make. What's this one called, Nate? Make a connection. This made. one is called Hellish Lager. It is by the Ithaca Brewing Company. Of uh, Ithaca, Ithaca, Wisconsin. Uh, sorry, Ithaca Beer Company. And it doesn't tell you anything here. Tells you fucking nothing. It was made in hell. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you want to look at this and you want to drink it, but there's really I can't find any information on there. Not even an alcohol content. You're not allowed to know. It's hell. <laughs> it's mysterious. It's a lager, so you could. T- I bet it's like five percent alcohol from maybe hell. Maybe six. It's a golden colored thing with a very very white head. Racist. It, it's got a <laughs> Caucasian head. It. <laughs> That's our word. Smells like almost nothing. Yeah. Whiffs of grass. It. It smells kind of. It's a, a beery smell. It smells, it smells like, kind of bready. Yeah, you get that. That little, you get a little wee, wee tea bread smell. It's kind of, yeah. It's the beer Budweiser wants to be. That's what it says. If Budweiser was this, I would drink Budweiser more. Sure, this is fine. It's, it's just, I don't it's like It's perfectly lagers. fine. Lagers are just not, they're designed to, to be things you could pound down. Is that more, than, not, more so than a Pilsner? Uh, Pilsner might be a lager. Is it? <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. It's like squares, never made it's like squares never and anything. rectangles. Um, so lager refers to a couple things. One, the type of yeast that's used. So there's basically like, there are two general types of yeast. Well, three general types. There's like wild yeast, so it's like those are just who gives a fuck with yeast. Then there's uh, ale yeast and then lager yeast. And ale they, that just determines if they ferment at the top of if they like float while oh, they're yeah. fermenting Floating or if they the don't. Ones. Right? And then they that's like one distinction. So some bugs can swim, some bugs drown. Exactly. Uh, and then lagered beer goes through a process called lagering, where it is then kind of cold conditioned for several weeks, perhaps as many as six to eight weeks, where it's kept at like, not freezing, but like 38, 40 degrees or something in that neighborhood, much cooler, which gives it a much cleaner taste. Like, And by cleaner, I mean like there's nothing else to taste in there. So you get this very simplified flavor. Straightforward. Run of the mill. Well, that's what it ends up feeling like to me. Yeah, Definitely. There are very few lagers I've ever had that were interesting. And if they are, it's because they like, this is a dry hopped lager, or this is our oak age It's got lager. another adjective. Yeah, like lager by itself is not super exciting. What about a hellish lager? 
I don't know what makes this particularly hellish. It's not really hellish at all. No. It's more <clears throat> purgatorial. So, okay. <laughs> the reason why I picked this this beer, because it fits with the book really well, multiple ways. First, like the setting. The, the setting is very much, very dark, very much like hell, because everything just is so a, just, just destroyed. A in... desert or a rundown city or yep. apocalyptic mm-hmm. waste. Exactly. Um, more about that later. Can I but just say, also, looking at their website here, they tell you nothing. It's a 5.2% alcohol beer made with, you know, basic, it's Pilsner malt. Made with beer? Uh, made with beer ingredients. Real beer? Uh, real beer. Okay. And it is a Hellas, that's why they call it Hellas lager. It's, it's Greek? No, not, not like a, not, not that word. <laughs> uh, Hellene or whatever. Uh, they. Hellas. Well, Hellas is Greek. Like, where, uh, it's Greek for Greeks. Is that Greece or Greeks? It's Greek for Greece. Right. So, yeah. So, I, I think a Hellene is a Greek person in Greek. I've never met one named Helene. I just fucking knew what you were talking about. Um, <laughs> so they call that's why it's called Hellish. Because it sounds like Hellas. Which so is it's like a Greek a, beer. No. It's just a German word. Oh, all right. Anyway, Nate. So okay. <clears throat> the first time you meet the judge, like the very when this is oh, very, right. very near the very beginning of the, the book. Is. So so we're we're meeting him as a character for the first time. So he's this he's super tall. He's like seven feet tall. He's yeah, he's seven feet tall. Yeah. And completely hairless. He's, got, he's got alopecia <laughs> and a baby's face. Who's that? What's that skit from Saturday Night Live when they're like, that guy was six foot five and he would punch a man in the, you know, and there's like the three guys talking. You know what I'm talking about? They, there's a skit with like Will Ferrell and Alec Baldwin and they're all sitting at a bar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't they're, remember the they're name. They're like referring to like the legend of this dude. And it just gets increasingly more ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and they're like, I don't remember the name. He either. wants had sex with my mother. He's, and then like the next guy's like, yeah, well, he wants had sex with my mother and your mother at the same time. And then he was like, he was seven foot two. And he weighed 490 pounds. And they're like, well, he was nothing if he wasn't eight foot four. And then just keep <laughs> exaggerating on top of each other. That is the judge. That is what the judge sounds like. He's a giant, the more you hear about him, baby. Yeah. The, and throughout the book, you learn more things about him that are just incredible. He's good at everything. And he, he's brilliant. and is He's the most, like, he can speak 19,000 languages. He's mm-hmm. been everywhere. He's a naturalist. Also, he's naked all the time. Yeah. He likes he's, like, he's naked. Out, he's and he's hanging a out big, naked. fat guy. Well, he's just, he's like seven feet tall. But it's not only that he's, he's also He's not like, really like fat. No, he's just like, a talking big about how dude. corpulent he is. That's a, he's that's like a word for fat. He's, he's like a football player, motherfucker. I get, I but get complete, But completely hairless. Well, they is. mention that a lot. So he's Brazilian? <laughs> yes. He gets his eye, he gets his eyelashes waxed. <laughs> so. Oh, they said he's got, he's got the face of a baby. Because he's got a bald, fat head. It looks like a baby's head. He's kind of like the kingpin. In a lot of ways. Uh, like a bowler that hangs out, like an Amish bowler? Not, not like Woody Harrelson <laughs> Kingpin. Like uh, Mike Tyson's... Not uh, the Michael Clark Mar- Duncan? Mar- Marvel Kingpin. Michael Clark Duncan was Kingpin. Michael Clark Duncan, but white. Oh. Because yeah. they're, they're, all, they're all white in this, except Black Jackson. And the except, Mexicans and the Native Americans. And the Mexicans. They, they, except that one black guy, which I'm not going to say the word, but, you know. Well, they have black, they have black John Jackson and white John Jackson. <laughs> they call them. It's like, he calls yeah, them in the book the white and the black. It's effective. Yeah. And then Black Jackson cuts off Black Jackson's head. It's a clear distinction. Oh, yeah. Like, that's badass. He talks too much shit. He cuts off his head with a knife. Yeah. Tell that story, because that's really good. No, no. Let's... let's, No. Can I I talk about the judge uh, first? Let's talk about the judge. It's impossible to tell when anything happens. No. There's there's an important thing about the judge. Talk about the judge. trying to get to. Okay. This is the most important part. Dun, dun. First time you meet the judge, the, the kid... Because it's from his perspective, is at a uh, a there. He's listening to a preacher. It's a fucking revival. Yeah, revival show. meeting in a tent. tent. Preacher. Yeah, right. A tent preacher in a revival, and he's talking. And then this guy, who's the judge, this crazy seven foot tall, baby headed guy, walks in and says, "I've heard <laughs> giant uh, man baby." Yeah, exactly. Giant man baby says. He goes, "Goo goo." This <laughs> this man calls himself a preacher. He's a preacher. He's a big man. He doesn't like God at all. <laughs> I made. Who can change me? <laughs> it weighs four pounds. <laughs> It's very squishy. 
made bears for you. <laughs> okay, go, Nate. So, all right. <laughs> so the judge walks in and starts accusing the preacher of some of the most like awful things in the world. He says he's a goat fucker. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and this man fucked a goat. <laughs> he's a goat fucker. He fucked a goat's real bad. It was really bad. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> and the preacher... He whammed him. <laughs> Come on, let's get out of here. Let's hoof it. Let's go. I bet everybody doesn't even know that. <laughs> what the fuck? That's a good one. Jesus, that's a deep cut. <laughs> okay, Nate. Plot us. So, the judge accuses the preacher of, like, the most horrible things. And then the preacher goes, he's the devil. He's right here among us. He's right here. He's the devil. It's like, hmm, foreshadowing, perhaps? Because, really, the judge is kind of like the devil in, in, in a lot of ways. In terms of everyone being evil. Because, especially... weirdly eviler than He's weirdly else. evil and uh, many things. Later, after there's, like, a giant... Everybody, after the entire crowd goes to kill the preacher... Because there, he the, the a next because he fucked a goat and like <laughs> children and stuff like that. Um, the the kid goes Kids. to the bar. The kid goes to a bar and and there are people asking him, Judge. How, I mean, how did you know he did all those things? And he goes, Oh, I've never seen that man before in my life. Yeah, like I didn't. I, I don't know. And then Ashton Kutcher like, jumps what, out. It's like what goat? <laughs> Like in a way, that's what the situation was. He's just starting shit. He just he just does stuff. He's like just that. a fucking psycho. Well, in terms of like you, you know, they all do. They all, as Jimmy said, they all do evil things. The judge strangely just, doesn't do that many things. Well, he, he's, gets, he's, he does some shit, but he gets other people to do well, I mean, he, He's part of all the murder killings. And also he rapes a lot of kids. And that is breaks heavily, their little heavily implied that he's a yeah. pedophile murderer. It's almost past the point of implied, where it's like, he was carrying the little boy. And then, you know, later it came back and the boy was dead. And or later, like, the, the boy, another boy, they found in a, in a, a burned out house. He's like, oh, we woke up this morning, he was all destroyed. It's like, okay, cool. And the judge is always naked. It's true. Mm. He's a pedophile murderer. Oh, for sure. But it's never like directly seen. But it's, it's never. Like, it's almost nothing is really directly right said. There's a lot of weird, vague references to almost everything in this, and a lot of horrific direct references. So one other thing to add to my the judge is the devil thesis. Later, you find out among of the among of the other things he's really really good at. He's really good at playing the violin. He's oh, amazing yeah. at playing. The but violin. they did not set foot in Georgia once in this book. All right. I'm done. Next beer. <laughs> Next beer. No, he's totally the devil. I mean, I was reading online, like trying to figure out who the fuck he is, because when we get to the ending, like I didn't understand what was happening. I don't. I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess the metaphors of it, but I don't think there's any real supernatural stuff in this book at all. I don't think he's actually the devil. Aside from his actual, you know, physical form and where he never ages and he's a giant and he doesn't sleep and he, and he knows, knows everything. everything and I think he he's just a fucking weirdo. I don't think that's weird to be to just have a. It just seems odd. It just seems odd to have that supernatural element to it. I think he's maybe he's evil as shit, and it's weird that he does all these things. But I think I don't know. And maybe it just maybe it's because uh, it it takes away from it if he suddenly if he if he's magic, as opposed to just being a fucking psycho evil person. I think I think he is at least actually something satanic. It has to be. I was also thinking. I was also in thinking of Loki. Um, and so maybe instead of the devil, he's more just like the the trickster type of character. It he, does, he just wants to killing fuck people himself, up, but he's not. So I mean, because you're right, he's not magic in the book. Yeah, except I, maybe a little I, bit. I don't know. He's just, not magic. It's he just does all these like awful things. He does, well, but, but he has and is good he's the super mysterious. Like every single character has a different story about how they met the judge mm-hmm. before they joined the group as well. 
Like, yeah. They're all in this group of scalp hunter murderer rapists. They've all heard but about they him. They all somehow met him a different time, and then they end up here together, and he's leading them. That sounds. He's not leading them. Well, he's, he's kind Glant- of. Glant- 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 leading Glanton's them. leading them, but like you know, then the judge says something, they do it. Yeah. He just kind of hangs out, and like half the time he sits there and he sketches things in his pad and looks at rocks. He has a and lot shit. of like weird, uh, long diatribes about his views on the earth. And then he'll be like, "We're going to go do this," and everyone goes, "Okay," and then he, they do it. They I don't know. I I mean, I get, I get, I totally see that point of view, but I think it, I think it takes away from it if he, if there was an actual supernatural element to it, I because the rest of it is so fucking gritty and horrible and straightforward. That is also there's magic. I don't know. I think it offers an explanation for the awfulness. I think that it doesn't need. I think that people can be that awful, aside from having an actual Satan riding with them. I'm sure they certainly can. back in those times when that was you know a lawless part of the earth it was a wasteland where you just scalp people for money. Yeah, yeah. sure. But I don't know. I, I think it, I think it explains the depravity a little bit. There's nothing but depravity for this entire thing. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I agree with you, Nate. I think he's the devil. I didn't catch the thing at the revival, but I, I, I got revi- that sense oh, throughout yeah, the that. book. But it's like halfway through the book, I'm like, Ooh, this guy's not, this is weird. I, this is something, he's not a regular human character. I think he's evil in some other way. I think he's the devil. Speaking of which, I don't know how that segues Speaking at all. Speaking of which, we need more beer. Yeah. Whether he's the devil or not, he definitely has one of these. Right? Ooh, Ooh that was. Ooh. Well, that's just. It's trying to escape. Uh, is this a nitro can? I don't know. No, no, it's not. This is. I just uh, carried it and it bounced around a lot on the way. Our here. second. Oh, that's foamy as fucking, all fucking shit. That does look nitro this is our second Brewdog beer of the day. This is Jet Black Heart. Because they had those. Because everyone in this book is evil. Except the dead people. Some of them were probably nice. So while I had to basically smuggle the hop shot back in my cavity. I bought this in Queens. Yeah, this, this very week, Brewdog beers have started getting sold in New York City. Oh, is that? Oh, this was the first time? Yeah. Oh, shit, okay. I just got lucky. So we were going to go to the bar. I bought this today. Yeah, we were going to go to the bar where there was an event to release Brewdog beers. And we chose not to go because we're like, well, it's the same beers they're going to be canning. We'll just buy them next week. And then we ended up with one here and maybe another one another time in the future. Oh, the vague future. So this is a... It tastes... Uh, it, says it, black, smel- it smells... Black in your soul. It just says it on there. It, feel, it feels like it just by smelling. Well, it's an oatmeal milk stout with natural vanilla flavor. It's a very... It tastes like a very, very light stout. I get like a... You know, this definitely has some sort of nitro head on there. It has to. Like, look out! F- look at the foam. That is not normal. Light stout is a good way to describe this. It's like an Irish dry stout, like a Guinness, you know? But way fucking better than Guinness, because Guinness blows. I know that's going to piss off some people, but I really think Guinness is not a good beer. I've actually never had it. No. Well, when we read Angela's Ashes, we'll drink that. <laughs> About a gallon. Just, just tons of Guinness. Yeah. Just, just one beer. But we'll make Boilermakers and drop... Jameson shots into it and then die. Except Jimmy will be fine because that's what he lives off of. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that that is not a normal beer head. It is the most dense, foamy head. It looks like creamy. That's definitely from nitro, which is what Guinness uses to get its characteristic Guinness head because the nitro forms smaller bubbles than the CO that they use, the CO2 that they use. So it creates the, these, this more like compact looking thing. And then, therefore, like a different kind of mouthfeel when you drink it. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening here. Of all the Brewdog beers I've had, which are quite a few at this point, as a, as a shareholder in Brewdog, see, this is not one of my favorites, but it's a pretty good beer. I, I really like this in terms of stouts, because it's not quite as strong as some of those other stouts we had recently. 
Sure. That was just a little bit too much for me. This is like drinkable. Yeah. I mean, drink if you're going to drink a bunch of it rather than just small sips. I don't yeah. think it's ever a good idea to drink a whole bunch of stout, though. Like That's just heavy. That's a lot of investment emotionally. I mean, I don't get vanilla out of this very much, though. Maybe that just means not chocolate. <laughs> like all the other ones taste like chocolate. This one doesn't. So therefore, it is vanilla? I guess. I'm making that up. But it has that, you know, with, with oats and, uh, oat, you know, oatmeal stout. Mm, I don't yeah. know. I don't get the vanilla too much, but it's a good beer. I'm glad that we could finally get it here and you know, get Brewdog beers in New York without having to. Yeah, I, mean, I can't believe it took them so long to get over here. Well, it's because they only so they used to sell beers and you know imported from the Scottish brewery, and they'd be fucking expensive and like three months old. You know, oh, so okay. so you could get them. You were able to get them, and I had them. You know, five years ago, six years ago, I'd go to certain kind of um, fancy beer beer stores would have that in places that had a lot of big imported sections, and occasionally they'd have a Brewdog beer or something, but then they stopped doing that when they decided they were going to open a brewery in the United States. And now they have a second company called BrewDog USA, which and opened... that's where these come from. This was made there. This was made in Ohio. Do they make the same same beers? Or? They do, um, but they don't make nearly as many in the USA one as they do in the Scottish one for distribution. So the Scottish one makes, like, shit tons of beers, you know, like 30 different beers throughout the course of the year in some cases. In the U.S. one, they're now, since they're just expanding their uh, distribution, they only make four beers or something like that, five beers. And this is one. This is one. Okay. This, their main thing, Punk, um, Elvis Juice, and Hazy Jane are the four they make. And then they'll have some like seasonals. We'll get them all eventually. Oh, totally. Elvis Juice Some sooner than others. Guess which one. Tune in next week. Maybe. I mean, we were talking about the judge being the devil and all that shit. I don't know if you'll have an answer on that. All right. So also, in terms of hellish lager and other devil-themed beers, the setting is very much like hell. Because everything is so broken all the time. It's also, it, it's like extremely hot all the time. It's, it's also a desert. the desert. And they're often going through like these big stretches of just like salt flats. Days where there's at a time no, of nothing. There's, it's just day, you know, there's just no definition. Everything it's, sucks forever. It's a bunch of badlands. It's just a shitty, terrible place to be. Also, I mean, especially in the beginning, even before they get into to Mexico, they, they stop at all these little towns and villages. And each one, each one, there's a broken church. And the first one is just like broken down. And then and another one, it, there's it's broken and they're like, there are vultures roosting in the church. I think, I think in the first one, the pictures of Jesus and Virgin Mary had been used for target practice by, I think, the U.S. troops on their way home or way to the Mexican-American War or the... Or, or the way back. They were used for... And then... There's a few throughout that are, like, full of dead bodies. Yeah. Where everyone took refuge in the church, and they were yeah. just massacred in them. <clears throat> where the Indians, the Native Americans, were attacking the village, and all the people, they held up. They sort of, like, barricaded the doors of the church to sort of hide there. And the Indians broke in through the roof and just murdered everyone. Just shot everyone And so down. the church is just full, completely just of, just of corpses. And they set it, them a lot on fire, usually. So there's a few that are full of just burned... Bodies. I mean, that's just—it's hard to really distinguish anything. Yeah, because a lot of the same kind of stuff. And so, just the setting very much seemed a lot like hell. I also thought the setting, even though it's technically like 1849 Texas Mexico, felt a lot like the road. Just the bleakness and the how terrible everything was, and about there's no, there's nothing green, there's no life, anything. It just—it's this is exactly like the road, except definitely completely different time. And uh, the child lives in the road. That too. Well, the kid lives in this. Uh, no, perhaps it's not really clear. I think I know what happens. There. But before well, okay. we get to that, the kid survives all, all the carnage and doesn't. He grows up to be a man. Yeah, exactly. And then they just start calling him the man for the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Fucking weird. He's the man. Mm-hmm. Let's just with another beer since we have five more to drink. Fill me up. This one is just since you're talking about Native Americans massacring people, it's called Arrowhead Red Ale. It's from Montauk Brewing Company. There's nothing here about a five percent alcohol. 
I don't expect this to be anything intense, but the name worked. So we're drinking it. It smells fucking like butter. I don't like quite butter. get that. <laughs> like butter? <laughs> it smells like butter. I don't get a butter smell out of that. I don't know. No, it, it doesn't taste like that at all. I get that same bready kind of smell. Vaguely weedy. So the taste is completely different from the smell. It tastes like beer. It's a little more bitter than, you know, what you would think of as a beer if you're thinking of like Budweiser or Coors or something like that. It definitely a little, has a yeah. little more body. Yeah. And a different kind of bitterness that's, that lingers around a little bit longer because they actually use hops in making this probably. Do they not use hops at all in Budweiser? They use, you know, the bare minimum. Just a cursory amount? I mean, it's not, it, I don't think it's because of their cheapness. I think it's just because it would ruin the, you could pound a whole shit ton of these essence of the if beer. You had, if you had more hops, you couldn't drink 43 of these? Well, it'd be more bitter and, and maybe less quaffable. It's like old water. <laughs> old water. Old water. Not new water. We don't want any of that. Old, old water. water. Well, this is the last Wimpy beer we have here, I think. Oh, good. Oh, no, actually, actually, strong ones. No, this one's not crazy, actually. Yeah, this is the wimpiest we have. Well, the Jet Black Heart was a little lighter in alcohol, but that felt, that had more impact than this. This kind of just is, yeah, you know? It's just kind of beer. It's a beer I bought when we had people over, and I didn't want them to drink my good beers. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you could have some of this shit. And then... Uh, Montauk. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I like, I like other fine, Montauk yeah. beers. I was like, I never had this one, and if I don't like it, I'm sure I'm not going to love it. And I could make my guests drink it while I drink the good shit that I don't want them to have. Fuckers. They don't deserve it. It's okay. It's an okay beer. Yeah. Came by. <laughs> so, Arrowhead. There's a lot of those. So that's my connection. A lot of in this. I was like, oh, this is perfect. A lot of people get hit by arrows. Let me get rid of this fucking beer on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Get this out of my fridge. Make room. So there's a lot of just straight massacring of people. You know, one of my favorite parts of the book, it's hard to say that about this book, that this is a part you liked, but <laughs> <laughs> was when they take over the ferry. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like the whole end of the book, kind of. Like, for some reason, it all like leads up to that, and then everybody dies. So the, the, the gang, they find this crossing that has some old... Doctor? Guy with, yeah, like with a bunch of boats of some kind just glued together on a string. <laughs> and, and you know, prospectors and, you know, would-be Mormons are just crossing over this. They have to cross this river. Charging them a dollar a head or whatever, or two dollars for a horse. And then the guys kind of, like, take it over because the guy running it is sort of... He's soft. Yeah, he can't handle and it. he's on and his own. They just... Well, they, we got at this here. point, they're doing whatever the fuck they want. And they, they jack it up to, like, four dollars a head instantly. And then they just start robbing people and sending them away instead of actually... Yeah. Even crossing them over. They're just straight. They're just... And then murdering and raping as well as implicit, yeah. I think. And then they all get wiped out. By whom? By the Apaches? Or... No, I mean, was it the Indians that they ripped off with the whiskey? It's hard to tell. It, it was a group of Indians. It was Indians, definitely. Eventually. That, that they finally just snuck up on them in camp and murdered them in their sleep and cut off Glanton's head. And a couple of guys escaped. Yeah, so the, the whiskey story make was it funny, out. too, though. Actually. Yeah, the whiskey. <laughs> they, like... Uh, they, pro- they, they meet the natives and, like, the weird guy with, like, he's a big, he's big and he's got weird legs and he's squat. What the fuck was his name? Shithead. Mangus. Oh, I was Mangus, because it was almost mangoes. Oh, that's right, because I had a like, mango beer. I was like, can like, I use this for something? You need, to, you need to go into town and buy, and get us a barrel of whiskey. And they say, okay. And they go to town and they drink all the whiskey in town. And then they get a barrel. And they fill <laughs> it with water and stick a flask on the inside of the barrel with a little bit of whiskey by the hole that they pour out of the barrel. And they bring it back to the Indians and say, here you go. And they say, thanks. And then they leave. <laughs> those are the only Indians they don't kill. <laughs> right. But we'll get them hooked on whiskey, though. That'll do the trick in 20 get, years. And they have a lot of water. <laughs> that must have been fucked up to find out. God, hey, this is empty, but it feels full. <laughs> Let's look inside. Oh, God damn it. 
And I wouldn't be shocked if they took a piss in that water, too. Like, they'd have to. It, yeah, I mean, they or did take a dump right that in much it. and more for the rest of the book. The fact that they didn't is kind of disappointing. That's a missed opportunity. Well, they might have. I feel like if they did, Cormac McCarthy, Cormac McCarthy didn't spare us any details about the rape and pillaging scenes. If they all just took a shit in a bucket of water and then gave it to them. The 11-year-old boy in me thinks that would have been funnier. They raped a few 11-year-old boys in this book. Not they. Only one person did the raping of boys. That's true. That is the judge. And, uh, and I think some girls, too. Oh, yeah, he raped equal opportunity. So they rape and pillage, and that's, I mean, we feel like we said that a lot of times because that is really what the book feels like. They roll like. into a town, drink all the booze, rape all the women, and then kill everybody. And sometimes one of their own gets killed, too. And yeah, like, they, oh. kill off, they kill off a few because they have a large party, and then some of the extraneous guys, like, who suddenly has a name because he gets killed, and it gets whittled down over time. Yeah, and that's really the fucking, till the last bit. And then, like, something weird happens, and it jumps in, like, so the, the party is totally decimated, and it's just down to the kid. The former priest. Tobin. Is that what Tobin? Tobin, the ex-priest. The kid. Toadvine. There's uh, another guy, too. Toadvine, the guy and with the no judge. ears. And the judge and Brown. The guy whose last name is Brown. I don't know. Jackson, the black Jackson gets killed. He's on like a canoe when, or something, when, right? When Glanton gets killed and the place gets raided at night, he gets killed first. He's like standing on the raft or something like that, right? He's standing out there. He's like pissing in the river. I don't really understand, but he gets killed. Just He gets shot through with a bunch of arrows. That was one of the scenes where I had to read who the fuck is happening here because there's a lot of heat. They just called him the black. <laughs> Not cool. Especially because there was no White Jackson anymore. He had his head cut off. By, that was a badass scene. Also, we never also about when that. their own guys die, they scalp them for money. Oh, yeah. Well, they you don't like, oh, it's a dead body. I better take that guy's scalp. That's a dollar. Hey, you're going to finish that scalp? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that scalp. Don't let that scalp go to waste. <laughs> yeah, so the scene where Black Jackson kills White Jackson was awesome. Like White Jackson's like hates that he has the same name yeah, as the Black fucking, Man. He's like the only one who's like straight up outwardly racist against the Black Jackson. Everyone else is so like we're such scum. It doesn't. Like, yeah, I can't. Every, you. We're all terrible. So also they call everybody the N word. Oh, people who are the Mexicans clearly, and the Indians. Yeah, people who are clearly they, that Indian N word over there and like whoa that, that's not how that works, guys. <laughs> it's a different time, but that, that word has kind of only meant one thing. For them, it meant anyone who wasn't white. Like, there was one thing where uh, they came up on that church or some building in an abandoned town, and someone is inside, and they yelled at him, like, hey, come out. Are you white? I was like, yeah. All right, come out. Because? Because if he wasn't, they would have just shot him. Oh, well, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how to segue that into the next beer here. Uh, And he was thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were probably all pretty thirsty the whole book. They're in desert. This is definitely the weakest connection. I I think it's the best connection. (laughs) This is from... Forty parallel forty nine brewing, which is um, in Canada, I think, product of Canada. It's called Jerkface nine thousand, and because uh, that's what they were, you know. They Everyone were, in this book was a Jerkface nine thousand. They were just big Jerkfaces. They were not the first model, you know. They were, they were distant. Mo- they 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 had to had the basic ones long ago, and they perfected being Jerkfaces. They were Jerkface nine thousands, big time. <laughs> they were real buttheads. Yeah, serious, super serious fart factories, a holes, <laughs> poop breaths. Genuinely not nice guys. Just meanies. Big meanies. <laughs> so uh, this is a nor- like a northern wheat ale, it says. I don't Why know is it called Jerk Face Northwest 9000, though? Uh, I don't know. It has this like, cool little cartoon of like what looks to me like a like a Howdy Doody kind of dummy thing. This is the guy from uh, Prodigy. Night, of the, Night of the Living Dummy? That's the guy from The Prodigy. Oh, that is the guy from The Prodigy, yeah. Well, they did definitely smack their bitch up in this book, so makes sense. They did. Is there, did they is there really the a, is, is there like an actual single like female character in this book? Uh, with a name besides like the whore? No, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there is. Or there's an old lady that like gives them something at some point. But well, they kill a lot of old women, well, and then like scalp maybe. them. But well, yeah. Like I don't. Let's not be wasteful. I don't think there is. No, it's a sausage fact. A sausage, uh, sausage fest. Yeah, it is. 
So this is a Northwest Wheat Ale. I don't know what is Northwest about it, but it has this like... They're big fans of Nirvana. It's a mosaic hopped American style wheat beer. So what do you guys think? It's very light. Yeah. <clears throat> light is a good way to say it. It's just... It, just kind of beer. It's barely there. If you had said this was like a pale ale, I would have been like, that's cool. I mean, was there is there a difference between pale ale and white ale? It's a wheat ale. Wheat. It has wheat in it. Yeah, that's mm. the difference, I guess. I mean, it, it's pale. I'm looking at it. Or if this was like a session IPA, I'd believe that too. I, I guess. I mean, very, very, very light. Five percent. It's just the same amount as. Uh, I mean, just in terms of like things. flavor. It's not a lot. I mean, the mosaic hops are an interesting smell and flavor. I don't know the differences that well. well. Like that's the hoppy flavor you're getting out of this. I mean, if that's what they tell it us, right? Doesn't even taste that hoppy. I mean, I bought it a while ago just because I liked the name of it and it was on sale. And I had one can left. I it's a, it's a fantastic work. name and can. Yeah, right. There's like hot, top, top notch for both of those. For the beer, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is the second beer I've had from them. They had another beer called Trash Panda, uh, which was just a, like an IPA or something. It was fine. Um, of the two for two of the ones I've had now from them, they were okay beers. Nothing terrible. Nothing outstandingly good about them now. Do you think that there's oh boy. like nowadays, <laughs> you know, just like this ability to just distribute craft beers? doesn't mean they have to be good anymore. You don't have to like actually prove yourself. You're just like, oh, okay. It's like apps. Come with a good name and a picture. People will buy it if it's not useful or good. I think the same thing applies to podcasts. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no one wants any of I these disagree. Things. These are at least <laughs> Only free. the best. <laughs> Everyone dies. So can we talk about the ending? I mean, let's keep having, let's have another beer because we've got more beers than left of plot. Yeah, so I'm going to go with this one because <laughs> I just kept looking at the can and laughing because it's so... Like, yeah, I understand why you picked this, <laughs> but it's the fucking least appropriate beer. <laughs> Less appropriate than Jerkface 9000? I mean, Jerkface 9000 sounds like a baby, like the judge picked it. He's like, ah, oh, that Jerkface is, but this is just absurd. <laughs> Jimmy, tell us what this is. Isn't that Crazy Horse? No, it says Baby Horse. Oh, ba- baby Horse. <laughs> it's because there's horses in the book. <laughs> it's just this baby horse. It's small horse. <laughs> oh, God. There are two things in this book, horses and babies, and they kill a lot of both. <laughs> they do a lot of, ba- like, the guys, like, the guy, the, the Delawares they keep with them, all the, uh, the na- they keep their own Native Americans with them in their party to kill the other Indians. Well, they just, because they, they're, they're capitalizing great at, they're on good at tracking tribal warfare there. And the, the, the Delaware came out of the tent, he was holding two babies by their heels, and he threw them and heaved them into a rock, and their brains splattered everywhere. It's like, oh, cool, babies. Oh, yeah, it's, the violence is, that's one of the horrific scenes. And I think all three of those Delaware guys, all the Delawares die. Horrible ends. Yeah. Like, well, everyone gets like, but like, people get skinned alive. Yeah, they get skinned alive and hung from the trees. And then one, there's like two guys they find eventually that that one, one they fire made underneath their head and like their head boiled. Yeah, yeah, that's what the their brains boil out of their nose. The two of them and the Vandemanlander, who was the Australian or whatever the fuck they call him, the Vandemanlander. It was a person from Australia. I looked it up because I don't know what the fuck that was, and they send them scouting ahead. And they come upon their bodies, and they've been hung upside down, and the fires, and they, their brains boil. And their heads have like cracked open under the heat of the fire. Like that's yeah. it's great, horrific. It's great, and also the thorn, the 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 bush full of dead babies, which is a bush, and all the babies have just like, like impaled. Yeah, they got the through jaw. their jaws. They're all hanging on the bush. It's like eight. They just like that was like a throwaway paragraph. Like, and mm-hmm. then they came upon the bush full of dead babies, and they saw it, and they were all impaled, and then they kept going. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I I wonder like what's the point of all the violence in this book. Maybe Why it's do it? just to show how terrible things were. And it's to a certain degree that you have to, like, maybe it's because we read this and it's like, this couldn't have possibly happened. But it probably did. It probably did. And just, like, the th- like it's so horrible that we can't imagine that it was real. I certainly was like, man, who the f- 
fuck would want to be a prospector? I mean, why would you <laughs> want to get in a covered wagon? Times were shitty. The thing we have not talked about yet, the weirdest character, the judge's idiot. Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. The guy, they, they come across that little town, and the guy has his brother in a cage because his brother is, uh, you know, an old-timey imbecile or idiot or whatever they call him in the book, but he's like a... He's got, like, full-blown, can't take care of himself, like, special needs dude is, like, literally eating his own shit. Yep. Like, he was munching on a turd. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the <laughs> word. He's, like, he was own, chewing on a turd. His own feces <laughs> is smeared all over himself. Like, when they said, like, they just sent him to me one day. He, you know, my mother died, and they sent him to me in a box, and it took five weeks to get there. They opened the box, and he was fine. He was like... Just munching <laughs> on a turd. <laughs> and so, like, that guy... I don't even know what happens to that guy. I think he probably dies, because everyone dies, or they just, just take him. Disappears. disappears. But then the judge decides... The idiot is his new friend, and he like keeps him around with him like on a leash, and yeah. he, he has him on a collar, and they're just like walking around the desert at the end. <laughs> we never talked about what this beer tastes like, but it doesn't taste like munching on a turd. It doesn't taste like munching on a turd. It's nice. It's a uh, Belgian quad. It's nine and a half percent alcohol. This is actually Made very nice. Twenty first Amendment. Brewery. I don't know what it has to do with horses or babies. There actually it has to think about horses on here. It says Did horses make it. A Belgian quad with a malt bill equivalent. <laughs> they get brew to, now. Uh, they don't even have thumbs. The, oh jeez. <laughs> Equal to the weight of a baby horse. I mean, they just kind of made that up, I think. But I, yeah, all right. But I'll take it. Right. It's fine. That's I like it. I mean, I like Belgians, so I don't know. Like, it's not the most floral of Belgians, but no, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of bland. It's interesting. It's like a it's like a subtle Belgian. A walloon. A walloon. Yeah. <laughs> I get like a. I just find like most Belgians just kind of like taste. Like a cloying sweetness and then yeah, that's heavy what I like. and and perfumey kind of uh, or peppery kind of smell and you're like that's intense and then you drink that and you feel like they taste shitty. like beer juice. I don't I mean, elaborate on that. Like they're sweet, they're usually quite sweet and they're usually pretty strong. Yeah, a quad or this is I mean I don't know why they get off calling this a quad and not a triple. I guess just because of I don't know what the difference really Horses is. Horses have four legs. There you go. Short for it's quadruped. That's what this is. <laughs> It's a Belgian horse. That's a fine beer. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this style. I find them all kind of like more heavy than I could handle the tasting part of it for some reason, which is weird because I really like really big stouts, but quads don't do it for me for some reason. Nate, what do you think? I don't like it. Uh, I, I don't know. It's not that there's... I'm sure it's a fine beer, but I just... It's not what I like. Jimmy's a, a fan of this. I mean, this is normal for us where these are the ones I like and you guys don't, and you guys like all the ones I don't, so... Pretty standard. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're dumb. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So they end up wandering in the desert towards the After end. After everybody everybody's massacred, decimated. except for like four or five of them. And then it's clear that the judge is trying to kill the kid. The judge is definitely trying to kill everybody. And the way. last few survivors. He's yeah. trying to like trick them into But he's, he's got the idiot on a leash, and they're walking around the desert. And there was a scene that was confusing. Like they're in like some sort of like ruined town or something like that, where the kid and the priest are the hiding priest, out. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shoot him now. You know, the priest tells him to shoot him, but the kid doesn't. Yeah, for some and reason. Like, I don't. I kind of really didn't even understand where they were. What was happening at that point? They were in some ruins, or no? They were. Uh, they were. Weren't they dug out a like a hole underneath the remains of like a like a old dead donkey? <laughs> like, well, that's where he's like, hiding. But like, but like, there's there are other obstacles. You know? Yeah, they're out in the wastelands and they're hiding from the judge because he's tracking them because he's good at everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, he really is. He's good at. Sketching things. He speaks like he speaks Spanish in the book. He speaks German. He speaks in the German book. and Dutch and French and everything. And he can make gunpowder out of rocks and out urine. Of sulfur. Yeah. yeah. Piss. <laughs> that was a weird whole like that side story. Yeah. Where they're they're like being tracked by some Apaches and they're being chased. Well, like a hundred Indians. And that's the first time that he ever met the judge. 
whoever was telling yeah, the story. Just, he, was they, it Tobin? He was just sitting there on a rock. They just came upon, they came upon mm-hmm. him sitting in the desert. Because he's the devil. Yeah. Or some nefarious spirit. No, he, he's not a normal guy. A normal a guy doesn't hang out in the desert sitting on a rock. I'm like, I hope someone wants me to piss on their gunpowder <laughs> later. Like, that's, which is what kind of happened. And he, he's and then they massacre the Indians. Yeah. And then they hang out with the judge somewhere. So eventually the kid kind of just escapes from... Uh, the, the, kid, the kid and the priest make it out, and they make it to the town. And the priest says, I'm going to go over here because he got shot through the neck. But he was okay. And then he never saw him again. He says, never saw the priest again. Would it be because they were on a, on a road to ruin? I think, I think it was. This is the end of the road to ruin. Probably should have done that. We have one more beer after this, so we probably should have done it earlier. Because <laughs> it's not as climactic. Well, we, hadn't, we hadn't reached the ruin yet. So That's true. That's true. Then now they have reached full ruin. So this is from Two Roads Brewing Company, which is in um, Connecticut. It is a IPA, I believe. Double IPA. Oh. That's temptingly hoppy. Ooh. That means it, it shows you a lot of cleavage. Ooh. I don't know if that's true. It dresses provocatively. <laughs> it, it definitely has a hoppy taste. It's definitely hoppy. I'm not lying about that. It tastes oh, like no. an IPA to me. I think they do a better job producing all of the beers that Evil Twin makes, because that's where it's made. It's made in the Two Roads uh, factory. Oh, okay. A brewery. All right. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We've had one or two of these before, this company. Yeah, we've had. And stuff's all okay. But it's not a... Uh, I don't really love this. I don't know. It's kind of like thin. There's a watery kind of texture to it. It's no baby horse. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's not a delicious baby horse. Uh, is that called a colt? A foal. Foal. Colt within three inches. What? Rocky. Colt. Tum-tum. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Excellent. <laughs> Okay, so they make it back to the town. The priest leaves. He doesn't find the judge. He escapes. And the next day, he goes to a public hanging, and he can't see who they are, and he gets close, and it's Toad Vine and the guy Brown. So everyone's dead except the priest and the judge and the kid. But the priest is nowhere to be found. The priest disappears. They, they, they part ways to get to town because he goes to find a doctor because he got shot in the neck, and he's never, he never sees him again. You're thinking we, we can just assume that he died because well, how it like, do you live through getting shot in the neck you in can. 1849? He was, he was strangely alert. Yeah, I mean, he made it like a few days. Like, like it, said, it said it's physically like he missed the arteries and just went straight through. It's not a, if you these miss the important stuff, I mean, yeah, these guys have been shot like a thousand times. I think it's a saying like, how godless they are, right? like the priest. Yeah, he's the ex. He's always referred to as the ex priest. The ex priest, and then he disappears, and the kid is on his own. And then the story ends, and it picks back up like thirty years later. It kind of yeah, they kind of like snippets along the way, like the kid did this. He like was like a he did like yeah. some ranching and cattle driving and shit, and then it picks back up thirty years later and runs into the judge. Wasn't the kid's father a reverend or something like that? In the very beginning of the book, his father was a preacher. I don't, I don't remember. Don't they only mention it like maybe passingly. I and he's, bar- is, he's basically like on his own. Well, because he runs away. He's a ki- he's, it's not because he's been neglected. He leaves. Right? He goes out. And I'm going to go be a man and do whatever I want to do. He does a lot of stuff. <clears throat> yes, yes, he does. He does a lot of stuff. Mostly murder. So anyway, the kid is at a bar. And this it's is like, like, this is 20 years later, 30 years later. It's, it's kid, a while. He's now the man. Yeah, exactly. He never has a name. Mm-hmm. So he's at a bar, and there's crazy stuff happening at the bar, like with the bear. They're having a, oh, the bear show. Yeah, the bear show. It's the weirdest show. shit in the whole world. Definitely weird. And then also at the what? bar... <laughs> Is the judge? You gotta explain the bear show first. Okay. Well, the bear the bear show is occurring, but the bear antics don't occur until after the kid and the judge speak. So oh, that's the, true. The judge finds them, and they have an intense philosophical debate about the nature of man and the glories of war, as the judges you know want to do. Mm-hmm. He's just a weirdo. And then 
they're having a dancing bear show and someone <laughs> decides to get fucked up and just shoot the bear. Yeah. It, it, it was, was it the judge that shoots the no, bear? No, it was just a random guy in the fucking crowd. He's like, there's a bear. I'd better shoot it. Yeah. And you so know, he like, kills the dancing bear and everyone's really sad. Especially well, the little girl who the girl, is like yeah. the bear's The like, bear's partner and the bear's owner are very sad. Everyone's yeah. just like, fuck it, yeah, party. <laughs> and they get shit-faced and they just have a party. And it's just a dead bear. And yeah. it's the end. And then the kid leaves to go. He, no, he fucks, he fucks a dwarf prostitute. That's true, yes. He fucks a dwarf prostitute. I don't know, forgot that detail. And then he goes outside to go to the outhouse. And he opens the outhouse door and the judge is inside naked. <laughs> and he grabs him and pulls him in. And that's the last you hear of the kid. Yeah. He just said he just engul- he said he engulfed him with his pale flesh or whatever the fuck. And then the next scene is just a guy pissing next to the outhouse and another guy comes up to him and says, Is the outhouse is, is this shit like busy? He's like, I wouldn't go in there if I was you. He's like, I've gotta go. He's like, I wouldn't go in there, man. And he, they the him and the other dude open it up and they're just like, Oh my god. And they don't ever say what's inside of it, but something horrible has happened, and they go back inside and the judge is putting on the best dance show anyone's ever seen. Right, because even despite being, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the judge is a fat guy, but he's a seven foot tall. He's the fat greatest dude, dancer and the greatest. And he stiller. has tiny little feet they, and tiny little hands. And he and he dances like there's no tomorrow. I'm sorry, you wouldn't describe a guy who's all big and diesel as having as being fleshy, right? Well, I thought he was just like such a massive dude, and it was weird that he has tiny feet and hands. Well, that yeah, but like and his weird like, baby face, and, his pale and he's clearly like. Oh, he's, uh, he's like super hairless. He's just a weirdo. He's really he's like albino, basically. He's he is hairy. kind of almost an albino, except he tans a little bit because they said every time he takes his hat off, there's like a like a ring of <laughs> paleness, and the rest is like he was covered in dirt. <laughs> That's probably true for all the characters. But he fucks the kid to death. It's, it's never happens. really clear what happens. He, he it's it's the thing I, I like. I read about it because I was like, what the fuck is going on? And they're just like, it's super weird because the rest of the book is filled with such horrific, gratuitous, literal violence. Like, what could have happened that they didn't even bother to say? And everybody else was like, this is uncomfortable for me. Like, something so horrible happened to the kid that they don't even say it. Well, what could it have even been, though? Like, what could, could have, like, more... raped him to death. Well, yeah, but what could be... I mean, they kind of already did that. It yeah, it's, 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 that. it's hard to tell what it could have been because everything had been done already. Maybe he wasn't dead. <laughs> Maybe he was just defiled. The... Oh, gosh. And he was covered in poop. <laughs> <laughs> they never said what happened to. They never said what happened to the idiot. The judge, <laughs> chewing on a turd. He just opens up. It's the kid munching on a turd. <laughs> yeah, that is horrifying. I wouldn't. Yeah, and that's how it ends. And they go back to the judge, and he he's he's dancing, and he's, he keeps saying that he'll never die. And yeah, and he hasn't aged. He had yeah. When the kid sees him thirty years already, hasn't aged at all. I, I, how can you not think there's something supernatural about that? Well, he doesn't have any hair. You know, maybe he, he, he couldn't tell if he, fucking fe- he fell wrinkles. out. <laughs> Maybe he was maybe he was fat, so he was wrinkly and bald anyway. I, he definitely there's something. I mean, it de- it's definitely vaguely supernatural, but I don't know. I don't want to. It seems it seems like it would be like a cop out to say he was actually the devil. I've read a bunch of different things online. People think he's just a demon. He's just. A I mean, like any, any kind of like actual supernatural, real supernatural thing. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't fit the vibe of the rest of the book. I feel like if he wasn't the devil, it'd be really stupid if he was just like a regular demon. You know. Yeah, it's like all or nothing. Yeah. He's not like, oh, yeah, he's busy, so he sent me. <laughs> I'm Wormwood. I'm here to <laughs> just to tempt your soul. Take care of shit. I think he's the devil, man. I don't know. I think he's, I think they're all just terrible, and he was just the most terrible, but also not an idiot. He has this preter- preternatural knowledge of everything and of people. And doesn't sleep. And doesn't age. And fucks people to death. Well, I mean, they, he wasn't the only one to do that in this book. That's true. Because they were all lowlifes. Our last beer. Low lives.
Ugh. What were we thinking? Was this nine beers? Yeah. Jimmy, you brought this. Can we? Can I guess why? Uh, it's because they're low lives. Uh-huh. You just said it. So this is by Evil Twin Brewing, which is made in the same place where the Two Roads stuff is made. Uh, and this is a Pilsner. So we'll end on a kind of light note. I'm not a huge fan of Pilsners. Mm. It smells like beer. Yeah, that kind of means nothing to me, that beer. It's no baby horse. <laughs> I'm going to drink the rest of that baby horse. Uh, that's all you, man. It is all me. That's the one benefit of liking all the beers you guys don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a great beer when I'm, you're mowing the lawn, but this is not. Why do you need a beer when you're mowing the lawn? You got to hydrate. Take, it can't take that long. You got to hydrate. I've <laughs> seen your lawn. It must take like, what, seven minutes? It takes a lot longer than seven minutes. I'll do some half ass mow fucking the, shit mow job the that garden. You Plenty of lawn there. You gotta, I can also have to mow the weeds, you know? It's kind of just a uh, beer, you know? It's just. I'm gonna drink this delicious horse. Yeah, this horse is where it's at. So, all right, this book has a shit ton of like praise, right? Like this is like one of the great novels, you know, one of the twenty-five great American novels or something. I like mean, that. this is one of my favorite books of all time, but I would not say it's one of those. It's and, because, well, if only because I feel like those should be more generally accessible. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Because I, I was going to ask, what the hell is the point, or what was what was Cormac McCarthy's point? with the book like what's his message what is he trying to say does it need one yes really for a <laughs> yes for a book that that's that's this purposely written with like such like crafted sentences and all this like and really cr- unique vocab- uh, crazy vocabulary crazy weird fucking words this is one of the ones where I was glad I read it on like the Kindle app because I could click on all the words and find out what they meant yeah but half mm-hmm. the words I looked up it, they said not found in the dictionary half of them yeah, yeah but, but the other cool. half were like weird obscure religious old-timey words that I'd never heard before. And there's a lot of religious imagery, and it's got all the elements you would think that are supposed to add up to something. It's got all the writery elements that should add up to a meaning, but what the hell is the meaning? You know, so I also, you know, went online, went on Wikipedia to see what people said, and <laughs> turns out no one can agree. Like, people have ideas, but, you know, the, the, the article is just, well, this person said it means this. Another person said it means this. What is? But what are the people? What What are the different opinions of what it means? Well, you see, my point is there's no agreement at all. But what, what What were What were some of the were choices? Some there, of the choices. There was one that came. The, the sort of most prominent one that came up was it was about theodicy. Odysseus. No, that's the Odyssey. <laughs> this is a all one word, theodicy, and I had to look up what that means. Something about something about God, God and religions, or yep. it is. Theodicy, in its most common form, is an attempt to answer the question of why a good God permits the manifestation of evil. I mean, that's a reasonable... It's like why why there is evil in the world, despite the fact that there is is an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing God that is supposed to be good. They have a lot of weird debates throughout the book with, like, the judge, like, talking weird long sentences to all these people who can barely read or, you know, speak. And going on these long diatribes about you know the nature of man and the glories of war and how that's the only way to def- like the, how war is holy and great. That's why I think he's some sort of devil. You know, I, I sort of think I don't know enough about the subject of theodicy to really like see I how it fits. Didn't even but know the subject until right now. Right, you <laughs> see, I just I was just kind of learning this word too. But does the book really is could does the message of the book really fit if there's a message at all? It, I mean, it kind of it kind of fits fit that. Of why a why God permits the manifestation of evil? Why God permits the manifestation of evil? Is that I don't think really the point that. of the book? No, that kind of doesn't feel like I, it fits. I have read a lot of Cormac McCarthy books, almost all of them, 
and most of them are just relentless, depressing, everything sucks. And that's just kind of his shtick. Yeah, but this is extreme. You know, with the road, it, it sort of at least the way the road ends, you know, it ends with the boy sort of finding, you know, he is able to go on, you know, he's the one with the fire, he's the one, he, he finds the new, even after his father dies, he becomes sort of like, he sort of takes control and finds the new family he's going to live with, and they're sort of like, we're the good people, well, we're going to continue mean, civilization. The, That's like the, an ending that sounds like it says something. You know, the, the judge goes on in this one. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, all the people in this book were bad guys. Like, I mean, in the road, point, the man and the, the boy were good. In this, they're all bad. Everyone's bad. Everyone's terrible. You know, I, I was also trying to come up with some of my own ideas. You know, is he, is he just trying to say, because uh, here's another idea of mine. You know, the, the setting of the book, Texas, Mexico, 1849, you know, there's just no law. There's just no, because there's just no civilization but basically they, at all. And if so, there are no laws to govern us, what do we do? Well, it's sort of like in the absence of any type of like civilization or, or law, this is what happens. The basis of like, human Was that the point? Actions? Or was his point a totally different thought? Was his point to just retell sort of like the, the cowboy Western narrative, but just from a completely evil standpoint? I mean, I get... I mean, it kind of does that too, but I, I also wouldn't say that was his purpose of writing the book either. So I, I just don't get I it. I mean, I guess I'm different in that I don't think it necessarily needs to have a point. Why It can just be what it is. It doesn't necessarily have to have a message or, um, Maybe or right. like a... What the fuck is like Like a fable, like a meaning or some shit or like a, a lesson. It's just look at how fucked up this is. And, you know, most of history is like that. It doesn't have a meaning. People did fucked up shit. Not because, like, one day they'll learn from this. It's just people were terrible. We get a people still are terrible. terrible. But what about the, maybe the title is a clue, right? Blood Meridian. A Meridian is a division. Or The Evening Redness in the West. Right. That's, like, the subtitle. It's a long title. Well, so I think it's mentioned in the book. So a Meridian is a, is a division, right? So, like, AM and PM, the M is Meridian, yeah. right? So anti-Meridian and post-Meridian, It's right? the bloody time of day. So it's the time when the sun is setting and it has that red strip on the horizon, is what he's referring to, right? What does that have to do with the rest of the book? It takes place in the West. Yeah, sort of. Like also like the South, like you know, the South Mesoamerica, Mesoamerica, as in blood in the West. But also like the division of like what what does blood? I don't know. I feel like there's something there, but like the blood, like what is the div- when you cross over like some sort of barrier of blood, like something. Maybe it's that these guys have all crossed over this violence. and they're all at this point where they're just like, fuck it, let's oh, do whatever we wait, want. Wait, I think I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say that once they started killing everyone, once they started the point killing, of no they just couldn't stop. They Once they went over the line to uh, even a little bit, they just kept getting they're worse They're not just and worse killing and worse. the natives just, anymore. They're killing everyone around. I, I, you know, I, That's certainly what happened. I mean, I don't know if that's what he's intending. It's intending. just about, so the message in that case would be something like, once you start down the path to... Evil. The or road. Would you say the road murder? to ruin? Once you get on the road to ruin, following that's right. a jerk face nine thousand. <laughs> once you get on the highway to hell, then you're just <laughs> going to go all the way. There's just that's just you going to be your path. You can't go anywhere else. It's just a hellish riding mm-hmm. that baby horse, tiny baby horse with your hatchet <laughs> at your job with your jet black heart because you're a low life <laughs> and a hop shot. References. Uh, I can't think of anything for arrowhead. <laughs> Also, there are arrowheads. <laughs> I, mean, I think there's all that's all valid. I, it's just, I, this is the sort of thing that aggravated me the most about college English classes. Like, I don't know what do you guys think it means. Everything's up to interpretation. Like, fuck you. There's everyone a fucking, gets, there must be a fucking everyone answer. Everyone gets their own thing from what they read. You know, like, no, you kill can't a just make shit up. Well, yeah, as a point. Certainly, there are, yeah, certainly some have a point. I, I don't know if this one. Necess- I, I don't know if this one has to have a point. I don't know if most have to have a point. Can't you just have a fucking story? 
here's one but more idea. But a story still mind. has a fucking point, though. Like, but maybe what sometimes the about? point is the story itself. It's about like it doesn't have to like a metaphor of like a journey or what you learn from it. It's just like this is a thing that happened. But Does it, it doesn't have to mean anything. But speaking as a as a history student, uh, whenever you're writing something, though, you you are reflecting the time in which you wrote it, right? Like there's something there. The 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 milieu. On which he wrote it, with <laughs> 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 a zeitgeist, <laughs> right? Like the, those those terms, like when you wrote it, influences what you're writing. Certainly, now, I don't think in eight, 1984, whenever he's writing this book, people were going to fucking scalping each other in New yeah. Mexico and Texas. But I like, mean, maybe, maybe, but like it, it just it just doesn't happen randomly. I right, like he wrote this book. He didn't write a different book at that. You know, like I mean, I guess, but a, I mean, the tr- like, a lot of his books are taking place in the American Southwest on the border. That's just all of them. That must be where he's from, right? He's from, he's from like somewhere in the Northeast, but he's raised in Tennessee. And so he's like, let me fuck it. Let's just pick a different place entirely. Yeah, I mean, but like I, I read a lot of his books, and they they just don't take place in this area for one reason or another. And there's a lot of you know like border stuff, but I don't think it ne- necessarily needs to have a message. I mean, it might, and you could get a message you want from it. I don't know if it needs. I don't know if he wrote it because of any particular thing going on. I don't know if you did it either, but I just feel like nobody writes shit randomly. Like, there must be meaning. And I think to Nate's point that he said earlier, like, everything else about the book is so calculated. Like, wh- how does how does this not have an What's, ultimate I mean, purpose? calculate, I mean, he, the... the it's so the, purposeful. Yeah. It's so, like, it, it, there's so many just elements that are just so specific. And he definitely must have spent so much time thinking all of this stuff through. Maybe it's just about the, the evil of man. Just a lot of these are about the evil. A lot of his books are about how people are just terrible. I'd be just entirely satisfied with that if it's evil, about the evil in man. Evil. It's like Lord I mean, of the it's Flies. A lot of his books are like that. It's just people are just the worst. I believe it. Yeah. Except yeah. that one that made into a Matt Damon movie. Oh, the Pretty Horses one? It was a pretty good book. Right. It was a whole trilogy. The first one was a Matt Damon book, and I didn't do make ones out of the other two. By the third one, they get real depressing. Because hmm. I was like, wow, no one has been raped to death yet. Wait for it. I don't think it gets raped to it, but most people die. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, in this guy's world. (laughs) I don't want to ever talk to him. I'd probably kill myself. Well, if you're listening, Carmen McCarthy, I'll give you a high five. (laughs) Tell us what your point was. Yeah, please do. And if you think you know what the fuck the point of this book is, uh, please let us know. Send us an email at drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or find us on Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. Join us next week when we read Room by Emma Donahue. Till then, we're going to keep drinking and thinking about Blood Meridian. See you then. <laughs>